Welcome to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog guardians. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm a certified professional dog trainer and I take my 10 years of training experience and I share easy to implement dog training advice with an emphasis on kindness and compassion. Welcome. I'm so excited to share more. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. I am so delighted to have you listening. So in today's episode is going to be a replay of an Instagram live I did on fence fighting. Fence fighting is something that has come up for a lot of my clients recently. So I figured I would reshare this because it has a lot of helpful tips. And I will tell you that since I recorded this, that podcast episode, I I recorded that almost three years ago, which is crazy. Um, But Waylon is a superstar. He basically doesn't engage in fence fighting anymore. But now we have Spicy and she has decided that fence fighting is kind of a fun thing. So I'm implementing literally exactly the same strategies that I tell you about in this recording for Spicy and it is working really well right? So I take my own advice. I use it with my own dogs and you are not alone if you have a new dog who fence fighting is something that they are doing with their time. But like I said, Waylon has been a superstar and he really just doesn't engage in that behavior anymore. So it has been working. Before I jump into the Instagram live recording about fence fighting, I want to tell you just a few things. So one, the recall training challenge starts on Saturday. So if you were listening to this on Friday, the recall training challenge starts tomorrow. So if you've been meaning to train your dog's recall and you need some motivation and some guidance, join us. You get access to our our training course, Trustworthy Recalls. So that's three weeks of exercises and then we're going to support you in three live Q&As. So I'm literally going to ask you, right, like about you and your dog and get creative with training setups and solutions for your individual dog and their recall. In addition to the recall training challenge starting on Saturday, our consent and care virtual class starts on Sunday. So if you're listening to this on Friday, it starts in two days. There are just a few spots left. We're limiting it to just a few spots so that we can do the best that we can for every uh, team. But if you have a dog who struggles with handling, grooming, vet care, consent and care is a protocol that we teach that I use with Waylon in vet settings and grooming settings and nail clipping settings with great success and we would love to have you join us inside of there. Additionally, I hosted an Instagram live this week with um, Dr. Kathy Murphy and Bobby Bramble, and they are going on tour talking about the resilience rainbow. And the resilience rainbow is basically seven core components to making sure that dogs are resilient to all of the stress and things that build up in their life. It was a wonderful conversation. You can watch the live recording on my Instagram at a good feeling underscore NCO. They are coming to Denver on June 3rd and 4th, but they have lots of other dates. I will be there. I'm so excited. I love continued education. So if you want to get your spot, we'll include a link for that in the show notes. So everyone enjoy this recording of fence fighting. Let's talk about fence fighting. So um, I know that there were some questions about what exactly is fence fighting. So um, when I'm referring to fence fighting, I'm particularly referring to your dog in your own backyard, acting aggressively, lunging, barking, just genuinely losing it at the fence because your neighbor's dog is out. So just to clarify, that is what I mean by fence fighting. And I am actually going to talk a little bit about 
how to handle like dogs who are going crazy behind fences if you're like out walking your dog, but I'm primarily going to focus on how we can tackle our own dogs fighting with the neighbor dogs in our backyards. Yeah? Is everybody with me? Okay, so, um, and then guys, as we go through this, if you have questions, you can just type them into the comments. So thank you to everyone who messaged me questions before this started. Um, it just makes it a little bit easier to structure this if I have some, some questions ahead of time instead of me just like rambling willy-nilly. But okay, so when it comes to fence fighting, first and foremost, we always have to look at how can we manage the environment to prevent the fence fighting, maybe not from occurring, but maybe from being so intense. So that literally means physical barriers, doing some sort of like physical setup to make sure that your dog can't get right into the other fence and go apeshit. Yeah. So, um, this question came up a lot when I was talking to all you wonderful people who have joined Reactive Redefined, right? Because a lot of dogs who can be reactive out in the world are also reactive in doing some of the fence fighting in the backyard. So for those of you that we talked about this, uh, this is going to be a little bit of recap, but what it really boils down to is that if you can create even just a little bit of a buffer from the fence, it can go a long way in helping your dog to act less aggressively and sometimes it can stop the behavior completely. So um, I just wanna give you a little backstory here. So you guys know Waylon, right? My happy little Amstaff. So he will fence fight with the neighbor dogs and the neighbors have several little dogs. I think they have like three min pins, a couple little uh, schnauzers. They go crazy at the fence. And Waylon was following suit, right? So he's at the fence, he's barking, he's lunging, he's going apeshit. So all I did initially was I set up an X-Pen, okay? So um, an X-Pen is collapsible metal panels, if you guys aren't familiar with that. So I set up an X-Pen in a U-shape around the area of the fence where he was doing the most barking. So for me, it was a little bit easier because I could limit his access to that one specific area. So if you have an entire fence line that the dog is fence fighting at, you definitely have more work to do in like the creating a barrier department. So guys, I wish it could just be like magical fairy dust and you didn't have to do anything to prevent them from getting there, but you do. You literally are gonna have to figure out some sort of physical barrier while we do more of the training. Okay, so all I did was just, I set up this X-Pen in a U-shape around the fence, and now Waylon will go to the X-Pen if the neighbor dogs are out, and he may bark a little bit. For the most part, he'll just let it go without any intervention from me at all, right? So if you don't have a lot of time for training, if you're not really interested in, in doing a lot of training of alternate behaviors, fence fighting can truly be resolved if you can just create a little bit of a barrier to prevent your dog from actually getting to the fence, okay? I think that using a tie out, right? So one of the, like those big corkscrews and attaching a, a leash to it, and so that when your dog is in the backyard and you know your neighbor dog is out, your dog is on the tie out, but you've got to make sure that that tie out can't get your dog all the way to the fence. So I think that that's another creative solution. So um, resolving fence fighting is nearly impossible if you don't have some sort of management in place. 
some sort of physical barrier, some way to prevent the dog from getting all the way to the fence. Okay, so that's step one. Because your dog, when they're fence fighting, they get this adrenaline surge, right? And I think that, I don't want to say that it's like reinforcing for them, but it just starts to become habit, right? Like, Another dog's at the fence, I gotta go crazy. Another dog's at the fence, I gotta go crazy. And the more they practice that, the more difficult your job becomes. So that's why we need some sort of management in place so that you have any hope of working on some alternate behaviors, okay? So I have semi-luxury where I do kind of have a relationship with my neighbor and you know he does his best to get his dogs away from the fence but with that many small barking dogs it's not like he could do a ton so if you have a relationship with your neighbors I think it's definitely worth talking to them and you know if you're not in a position to do some sort of physical barrier I do think that you could also try and figure out a system with your neighbors where maybe you know they text you when they let their dogs out so you know not to let your dogs out I do think that that's possible but I recognize that one not everyone's comfortable talking to their neighbors about that and sometimes people are not open to that so I heard from several of you um, and you were letting me know that the neighbor dogs are just always outside barking. So it feels impossible to work through it with your dog. So um, I have some thoughts and suggestions for you. But guys, remember, we speak the same language as our neighbors. Well, maybe not, maybe not always the same language, but hopefully, right? My neighbors speak English, so we speak the same language. So I do think that just having a conversation with your neighbors about trying to prevent the fence fighting from happening is definitely worth doing, okay? So um, management, right? So first and foremost, there always has to be some sort of management, a physical barrier, a tie out. You have to prevent your dog from rehearsing the behavior if we have any hope of this training working, okay? So um, when I'm thinking about training, I'm thinking about two things. So one, I'm thinking about an alternate behavior to the fence fighting. Okay, so an alternate behavior to the fence fighting could be a recall, right? So maybe the dog is fence fighting, I call them away, they come away, they've stopped the fence fighting, right? So a recall could be an alternate behavior. Um, I know that a lot of people are like, well, I just want them not to fence fight. Well, that's not a measurable behavior that we can define for our dogs. So we got to be a little bit more specific. Um, I think that another alternate behavior would be um, like a stationing on a mat. So if you guys... I know most of you who are watching right now are familiar with stationing on a mat. If you are not familiar, I have a video of it on my IGTV, but I do think that that's another alternate behavior to the fence fighting. Um, so I'm thinking about alternate behaviors in the training department, and then I'm also going to look at changing associations, right? So that when my dog knows the neighbor dog is out, I want to change that association. So instead of the neighbor dog's out, I got to go crazy at the fence. I want my dogs to think the neighbor dog is out. That means something good is happening to me. I need to go find my person to find that reinforcement. Okay, so again, all of this is contingent on you preventing your dog from getting all the way to the fence. Because if your dog is already at the fence, it's too late, right? Because for most dogs, they're like heightened, they're sky high, the adrenaline is firing. There isn't really much learning happening in that point. The learning has to take place before they get to that heightened state. And that is much easier if the dog is not actually at the fence. So always think about how can we create space 
from the fence so that we have an opportunity to change some of the associations that the dog experiences and reinforce alternate behaviors. Okay, so I got a question about um, a dog who doesn't seem particularly motivated to eat or play when the other neighbor dog is out. And that is common, right? Like I I see that a lot, but you're going to have to get creative with looking at like, okay, what if I have my dog on a leash and we're on the other side of the yard and maybe the dog can take some food from there. So it's very unlikely, again, that like if your dog is fence fighting and you reach in with treats, they're not always going to turn around to try and eat the food. And like I, like I was touching on, right, like it's too late at that point. The, the, the training needs to take place before the explosive fence fighting is happening, okay? So um, when I am working through changing the associations, if I am out in the backyard and I know that my neighbor dogs are out, I'm going to make sure that I am armed with something my dog already really, really likes, right? So to be really honest with you, I've been using Easy Cheese, right? Like Easy Cheese out of a can as my reinforcement for Waylon when we're working on the fence fighting. So um, he finds it really reinforcing. I don't know if it's super nutritious, but it works and it solves the problem. So um, when I'm out with him, what I'm waiting for is for Waylon to orient towards the fence, okay? So like maybe he hears, uh, maybe he looks, maybe he does a side eye over there. And as soon as he orients to the fence where he's been fence fighting, I'm going to mark yes and I'm going to reach in and feed. Okay, (laughs) Stephanie, I'm glad you like the easy cheese reinforcer too. (laughs) Okay, so back to the association building. Okay, so when I go out with Waylon and I'm working on this, it's possible because I already have my physical barrier in place. He can't actually get to the fence and practice the fence fighting. Okay, so if you don't have a physical barrier in place, your dog absolutely needs to be on leash for this. Yeah. Okay. So I'm out there. He orients towards the fence whatsoever. I'm marking and rewarding and I'm going to continue to do that. And as long as he is staying under threshold, meaning he is not lunging, he's not trying to go in fence fight, right? Like he's at a relatively normal level Then I'm going to incrementally move closer to the fence and continue to do that. So the objective here, right, is teaching our dogs that hearing the neighbor dog, the neighbor dog doing X, Y, or Z next door is the predictor that something good is going to happen to them. The something good in the case of Waylon and I is easy cheese, right? He looks over there. (laughs) I spray some cheese in his mouth. He thinks it's really, really fun. And you know, I know that a lot of you have multiple dogs and it gets really, really dicey when you have multiple dogs, your dogs, fence fighting with the neighbor dogs, right? And then if your neighbors have extra dogs, I understand what that's like. So um, for those of you who don't know me super well, um, I used to have a male Amstaff named Sunny, and Sunny used to fence fight, and Sunny would get so heightened that he would redirect on Tiva. Meaning that if Tiva and Waylon, I mean, excuse me, Tiva and Sunny were both at the fence, right? The fence fighting with the neighbor dogs. Sunny would get so frustrated and amped up and worked up that then he would turn on Tiva and then start to like bite and like 
I don't want to say attack per se because he wasn't like doing damage, but it sounded nasty and it probably could have escalated in all honesty if I wasn't intervening. So if you have multiple dogs that have been fence fighting and sometimes will redirect on each other, physical barrier, you, you're going to have to, right? Because I'm telling you, like, it seems like a lot of work to have to do some sort of physical barrier. And I, I understand that if you have like a giant backyard, it presents more challenges, but that is going to make it so much easier for you to train through. And honestly, like, I used to be so on edge in the backyard because I knew that at any moment it could be impending, like everyone's losing their shit and the dogs are going crazy at the fence. But it's a much more enjoyable experience for me to be in the backyard now because I know that Waylon cannot get all the way to the fence and go crazy. So the physical barrier is not only for the dogs, but I think it just makes it easier for us to be in a headspace to like train with our dogs. Yeah, I, ho I hope that this is making sense. I hope you guys are with me on this. So um, if you have multiple dogs, I think that working the conditioning exercise that I was talking about, right, where you wait until they orient towards the fence and you mark and reward, I would be doing that individually with dogs first and really setting the tone for um, you know, neighbor dogs make good things happen. Neighbor dogs make good things happen. And then when both of your individual dogs have a bit of that understanding, then I think you can try them out together. Okay. But um, like I said, I, I wish that there was just magic, magic fairy dust that I could just throw on this for you. But there isn't, right? Like we, we have to train through this and, and realize that, you know, there's not going to be sudden behavior change overnight, but we can make progress over time. Um, I don't know. I think that there actually can be sudden behavior change overnight if you create a barrier. I'm telling you, you guys, like it's seriously like a two and a half foot buffer that I created for Waylon. And that's all I did. And now he'll just walk away from the fence. So that's definitely a possibility too. But um, in the meantime, I'm still working on other alternate behaviors, right? Outside of the association building. So um, Waylon has a recall cue that is specific to the backyard. I do not use it anywhere else. It is only in the backyard. And I only use it if he is barking at the neighbor dogs, barking at someone in the park. We like back up to a park. So this recall cue I'm only using for that. And again, I'm using the easy cheeses, the food reinforcement. So that recall is quite literally just a knock on the window. I just knock on the window and I've systematically paired knock on the window means running through the doggy door to get your food reinforcement. This recall would have not been possible if I had not created the physical barrier to prevent him from practicing the fence fighting. I hope that this makes sense, you guys. So remember, all any behavior you're teaching ever, you need to be teaching in a low distracting environment where your dog can be successful. And then incrementally, we're adding in more distractions to proof the behavior. So the reason that Waylon's recall away from the fence is so strong is because I set it up so that he wasn't already fence fighting when I tried to call him. Okay, I hope that this makes sense. So I think that another alternate behavior that would be worth spending some time training, teaching, proofing would be a leave it cue. So leave it means stop what you were doing and look at me. 
right? So that's, that's a, a nice behavior to teach. I do have a YouTube video on that. So if you're interested in that, you can check out my, um, hi Lori, you can check out my, uh, YouTube channel, right? If you wanted to learn to leave it. So again, that's another alternate behavior. And then like I, I touched on earlier, teaching your dog to station on a location and hang out and relax there can be a wonderful alternate behavior to fence fighting. Yeah. So, um, I want to talk about, I want to talk about when you're not out there, you're not supervising. If you are not in the backyard with your dog, if you are not supervising, if you have not created some sort of physical barrier, you don't have some sort of management in place to prevent your dog from getting to the fence, you aren't really going to be able to make very much meaningful behavior change. Because your dog is just going to keep practicing what they're doing. And, and I know it's frustrating because sometimes you just want it to be an easy fix that you could just do overnight. But our dogs are living, breathing, emotional creatures. And think about how hard it's been to change our own behavior. I don't know about you guys, but like staying home all the time, not seeing my friends, not hugging people. That has been really, really challenging. And I'm still working to change my behavior. And I think that we need to give our dogs that same grace, right? That changing behavior is challenging for us just like it is for them so you cannot expect meaningful change in fence fighting behavior if you are not actively changing the environment and being there to reinforce alternate behaviors does that make sense i hope so Okay, so so just a few other things that I think that you can control. So one of the questions was, how do you prevent the other dog, right, the dog, your neighbor dog or whatever, from barking? So you you can't necessarily do that, right? Like unless you're you're talking to your neighbor and like maybe you have a really good relationship with your neighbor and they're up for training and you could maybe like work on like calling each other's dogs away from the fence or something like that. Like that's definitely possible, but. Um, if you don't have that relationship with your neighbor and they're not open to like communicating about when you're letting dogs out, I think that there's, there are a few things that you can do. So one, so this is kind of random, but I think it really ties into all of this. Um, I do not have dog tags on my dog's collars. I have, um, I have their like rubber attachments. So they go like on the collar, but they don't jingle. So I find that that jingling sound of dog tags sets a lot of dogs off. So I think honestly, and like, I don't think you have to like completely take the tags off of the dog's collar, but maybe you can like tape them or tuck them in so they don't make noise. So I think that if you can remove some of like the triggers for the neighbor dog, right? Like that noise of the jingling collar. I do think that that's something that a small change that you could make to improve your neighbor dog's response, right? That that's something that you control. Um, yes. Okay. Right. So, um, you can, yeah, uh, silicone tags right yes so those silicone tags are brilliant for that right to prevent the noise from happening um but but i do find that the jingling of the tags really sets dogs off and i think that that's really applicable too to a situation where like you're out walking your dog and there are dogs behind a fence going crazy i really have seen a huge improvement in like reactive dogs in my neighborhood's response to my dogs with jingling collars versus without. 
yeah, so I think that that's a, a small improvement. I mean, a small change that you can control. Um, but yeah, I think that if you have a semi-decent relationship with your neighbor and you could be like, hey, do you mind if I do a little bit of trading with your dog? Like, I do think that you could be like hucking food across the fence and do like association building with your dog and their dog. Like if you have the capacity and the bandwidth to do that, I do think that that's possible. But I think that you should be getting permission from your neighbors before you're just like hucking food at your neighbor's dog. That's just my personal thought on that. Um, but I would not be feeding my neighbor's dog if I didn't have explicit permission from them. Um, and we have a wood fence. So for me, like, it's really hard to, like, huck food over our backyards at this weird angle. So, like, in all honesty, I am not worried about training my neighbor's dog. I'm focused on controlling what I can with Waylon in the situation and reinforcing the crap out of alternate behaviors. Okay? So once you have some sort of physical barrier in place, you have a tie out or something like that, you can work on the association building that I was talking about, right? The dog orients to the neighbor dog, you mark and reward. And then something else I think that you can also be rewarding is when your dog voluntarily disengages, okay? So maybe Waylon gets to the X-Pen, maybe he kind of postures, maybe his fur goes up, maybe I'll give him a couple of seconds to see if he's gonna respond. And oftentimes, if I do nothing, Waylon will just walk away on his own. And then I reach in and spray a bunch of easy cheese in his mouth. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> nothing fancy here. Nothing fancy here. So um, another question that I got was, when should you intervene and call them away? So I think that it, 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 there's always variables, right? Differing variables. But I think as a general rule, Fence fighting is not a behavior that I want to see practiced, so I very rarely, like, let it go on. And for my dogs, um, it doesn't just, like, happen and then the dog just disengages on their own and walks away, right? Like, in my setup, the dogs are fence fighting and it's escalating and it continues to escalate. And that's not something I'm interested in letting my dogs practice because I think that it can have unintended negative consequences in other departments. So for me, I'm not really just like letting fence fighting go, right? Like I'm, I'm getting in there and I'm redirecting and I'm preventing my dog from rehearsing it. So um, if your dog will go to the fence and maybe get like a little snarky, but it doesn't last more than like 30 seconds and then they will walk away, I mean, I would definitely be reinforcing the walk away. I would definitely try to prevent that from happening. But if it's only 30 seconds, I guess maybe that's not the end of the world. And honestly, a lot of this is just your personal preference, you know? And I know it's hard for some of you that have neighbors that like really don't give a shit and they don't do anything with their dogs and their dogs are always outside barking. Like, I feel you on that. So if I was in that situation and I had a neighbor that I felt like never did anything and their dogs were constantly outside, maybe if there was like, a short burst of fence fighting, I wouldn't do anything. But for the most part, I really am trying to stop that behavior from getting rehearsed because I don't want my dogs practicing that. It's not a good behavior. Okay, so let's talk about, actually, before we go on, does anyone have any other questions that I haven't already addressed about the fence fighting as it pertains to your dog and your own backyard fence fighting with neighbor dogs? If you have questions, just drop them in the comments. 
Um, I'd be happy to address those, but I want to kind of move on to talking about, hi, Don. I want to move on to talking about um, when you're out walking your dog and you your dog is reactive or trying to like get to the fence of a dog who's behind a fence going crazy. So um, if that is happening, I think that it can be a little bit easier to manage because obviously your dog's on leash, right? So they can't like actually get to the fence unless they're gigantic and they're dragging you there. So if that's your setup, DM me. I will give you some more specific instructions. But as a general rule, when I am out walking with my dogs and I know that there, you know, there's several... There's several uh, houses on the block that have front yards and there are dogs who run the fence and go crazy. There's a particular house that has a Dutch shepherd called Frida and she just goes bananas at the fence. So um, when I am walking past her house and I didn't know that she is out, I'm not walking by on the sidewalk because that criteria is way too high. It's definitely gonna set my dogs off. Uh, even Tiva, right? Like I don't think that anyone likes getting yelled at when you're trying to go out for a stroll. And like, from my perspective, I feel like that's what the dog is experiencing, right? Like they're just out there trying to have a stroll and now there's this dog just like screaming, yelling at them. Obviously I can't know that for sure because I can't read their minds, but that's kind of my interpretation of what's happening. So that is a lot of criteria for our dogs. That is a lot to expect your dog just to like keep it together when they're getting yelled at and the dog is like running back and forth along the fence. So I walk in the street. So I create extra space. And I'm telling you, you guys, seriously, even like six, six inches, 12 inches, just a little bit more space can be huge for your dog. And that can allow them the literal and figurative space to make better choices. Okay, so um, if I'm out walking and I know that our Dutch friend Frida is, our Dutch Shepherd friend Frida is out, I get into the street, I create a buffer, and I have my treats ready, and anytime my dogs offer their attention, I'm marking and rewarding. If you don't have the luxury of creating space, I think in those moments, you just have to hold onto the leash as tightly as you can and get past as quickly as you can. But I would really be trying to work the same association building exercise that I was talking about if you were in your own backyard, right? That dogs behind fences barking makes make good things happen. Yeah, and that's an association that I seriously have been building in Wayland from day one. When he was like an eight-week-old puppy and we were like out in the neighborhood and he heard barking dogs, I fed. He saw barking dogs, I fed. So I really set that association. And it's not that like it prevents him from reacting to it in the future, but I do think that it makes it easier for me to recalibrate and get his attention because he really understands those associations, right? And like, um, you know, the Dutch Shepherd that I'm talking about, Frida, when she's out, both my dogs look at me and I reinforce. But I think some of that looking at me is because they know I'm going to create space. If I ask them just to walk next to the fence, I don't think they'd be as quick to look back at me because I'm asking too much of them. Yeah, so I think we have to be careful about um, not expecting too much of our dogs because you know the fence fighting thing like if my neighbor was constantly yelling at me through the fence I would probably reach a breaking point and yell back you know what I mean like I would do that I hope that you guys feel me on that you know what I mean but it's it's just one of those things that like 
we have to understand that our dogs are emotional creatures and it's a very emotional visceral response for them to be yelled at through the fence, right? So, um, and even if your dog is the one who's quote unquote starting it, it's okay. It's still an emotional response, but we have to make sure that we can set our dogs up for success and reinforce the crap out of the behaviors we actually want to see. Okay, Nikki, what's your question? Our boy is leash reactive. He fence fights with the neighbor dog only, not on walks, but we have a tie out to create distance. But is that not a good idea because it'll trigger his leash reactivity? Nikki, that's an amazing question. So I think that having him on a tie out and preventing him from practicing the fence fighting is a good plan. I do think that you're on the right track, right? That like the tension of the leash could elicit more reactivity. So that's going to be on you to be out there, right? So that when the neighbor dog is out, you need to be working on those associations, right? Neighbor dog makes good things happen, right? And I think that good things happen should be food primarily. I think it's the easiest to dispense, but you could play tug or balls or something like that too. But you really want to seal the deal for the dog, right? And helping them understand that if the neighbor dog is barking at the fence you can do all this other stuff and get paid really really well for it and it will take time and consistency but I think that most dogs would prefer the out right they prefer to do something else right and I don't think that fence fighting is a super enjoyable experience for any dog really I mean obviously I can't know that because they can't read their minds but um, that's just kind of my interpretation of it okay guys that's all I have on fence fighting. I mean, I did kind of ramble for like 30 minutes, so that's got to be good, right? Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you need help with your dog's behavior, you can learn more about our training services at agoodfeelingdogtraining.com. We post training inspiration and training tips almost daily over on the Instagram at agoodfeeling underscore NCO. If you like this podcast, we would be so grateful if you could share it with a friend or family member who could benefit from all of the information. Um, It's been a total delight. We love this podcast so much. And thank you so much for listening to Disorderly Dogs.